looking to promote and advertise your brand, product, your cannabis business, or even a political campaign locally in Massachusetts, consider The Young Jerks. We have a weekly live streaming show and a podcast that reaches thousands of people every single week in Massachusetts, and a lot of them are the top tastemakers and policy makers in cannabis in Massachusetts, from CEOs to bud tenders to politicians to elected leaders. That's our audience. If you're lo- looking to reach that audience, Michael C underscore 100 at hotmail.com. Hi, it's Mike Crawford. Welcome to the Young Jerks podcast. In this episode, we're going to be interviewing Peter Bernard, the executive director with Massachusetts Grower Advocacy Council. Let me say that again, Massachusetts Grower Advocacy Council. I'm going to discuss a number of things, uh, some bad bills at the Massachusetts State House sponsored by Hannah Kane and other law enforcement concerns. They want to tax medical cannabis up at the State House. They also want to arrest people for driving under the influence of cannabis. A um, lot of discussion about some of the bad bills. Uh, we also discuss a good bill. Uh, Peter and I also get into some bad regulations uh, related to hardship patients up at the Cannabis Control Commission and what you can probably do about that as well. And we uh, wrap with a protest that Peter's group and other patients in Massachusetts are planning on Friday outside the State House about the vape ban and how it's affecting medical patients. They're actually planning to do a sit-in outside the office of the governor on Friday afternoon. They're going to meet outside uh have a little rally protest at uh, noon on Friday, and then they're going to go inside and uh, ask for a meeting with the governor. If they don't get the meeting, they're going to do a sit-in with patients. So this Friday is going to be a huge week. I'm going to discuss it all with Peter Bernard coming up. Young Jerks, we'll be right back. Peter Bernard on the line here. He's the executive director of Mass Growers, actually Mass Grower Advocacy Council. Am I correct on that? Yes, it is a mouthful. Let me say it again. Mass Grower Advocacy Council. All right. That means you haven't spoken of weed yet, Mike. You can pronounce it. I really haven't. That's probably half the problem with me tonight. I've been working so hard. Usually in these podcasts, too, a lot of times people might notice between the live show and my podcast, sometimes I sound a little sleepy. (laughs) I do them after work, you know. I've been working all day, but I'm ready to go. I I need to give myself time because I don't want to get tired. So we're doing this before the sun even sets this time. Uh, So I have Peter Bernard on the phone. The reason I'm talking with calling you it's about like three different things. I don't know which which one do you want to start on? Because the regulations, the, the problem, you know, for grow, for people who are growing right now. Oh yeah, yeah let's start, start with that. that. Okay, let's start with that. And as you may recall, the medical home grow is what dragged me into this crazy adventure to begin with, and it is still very near and dear to my heart. 
Uh, I don't have the ability to grow beyond a rec limit. Uh, I certainly enjoy the fact that there are people who can and do. Uh, as you know, through a little edict through DPH, DPH a while back, anybody with a medical card can currently grow whatever they need to sustain their 60-day supply. 60-day, right? Right. There's not a weight specification. There's not a plant count. It just says it's a, a reasonable number of plants to sustain the 60-day supply. What reasonable is is open to interpretation, but that's aside from the point. <laughs> the actual hardship uh, program was never instituted by the Department of Public Health. They never wrote any regulations for it. So that leaves the Cannabis Control Commission free to write whatever crazy regulations they want around hardship cultivation. We've had a lot of pushback from people like Chief Carmichael, who don't want us to have any kind of home grow. He's complained in the press that he can't tell the difference between a medical grow and a recreational grow and all this other nonsense. There's a lot of pressure from guys like him to institute this hardship program. And under the regulations they just passed, that hardship program would require you to submit a grow plan to the state. It would require you to let the state come in and inspect your grow. Uh, it would allow the state to make an appointment with you to come in and check on your stuff whenever they felt like it. And the police would be able to pop in on you unexpectedly if they suspected you of diverting to the illicit market. I interpret that to be a regulation that nullifies your Fourth Amendment rights to search and seizure because the police are just going to come on without any other probable cause. And go over there whatever they want as long as they say they think you're selling weed. Uh, none of those kind of things are acceptable to me. I shouldn't have to tell the state how I'm going to grow, and I shouldn't have to let somebody into my house. Doesn't it defeat, defeat the purpose, too? It's, it's called a hardship. It's, it's oh, a yeah, it's a party, and they're asking you to submit a plan to the state to come up with all this extra stuff now. Like, oh, and like the like profit of it. Like, like, there's a profit at this. <laughs> like, it's a business. Yeah. People, um, the, our patients, uh, there's, they can't sell it, right? There's no, there's not a business here. So why are they treating it right like a business? Am I right on that? Yeah, they want to regulate it like a commercial license, including a one hundred thirty year fee. But at the same time, no. they don't let people sell. So they're not commercial businesses, right? Right. And they so want they, to they have to, they, they they hundred bucks a year for the privilege. So they don't have the benefits of a commercial business, but they're being treated like it. Exactly. It's crazy. It is. It is crazy. Has there been any uh, kind of pushback, like, you know, to the Cannabis Control Commissioners, and have they said anything to the pushback? Yeah. Uh, I've pushed back on it. Other people in the community have pushed back on it. Uh, I've pushed on members of the Cannabis Control Commission and a possible compromise that was floated out was that rather than go through all those conditions, <clears throat> the fear is safety. This is what we're hearing from the people pushing for it in the first place. What about the safety? The thing, these things start fires, blah, blah, blah. So a compromise has been floated out there that if you're granted a hardship cultivation, then you only need to supply 
something from the town building inspector saying that your electrical and plumbing are up to code. Oh, my God. Even that seems ridiculous. People are going to be scared off. I don't want that. Type yeah, of I know. Town. I agree. I'm a patient. I don't want people in my town knowing about what I do. Like, even if I wasn't growing, about anything. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, you know, one night I had a, you know, a fire, you know, a, not a fire, but a, a smoke detector go off. And there were ones that I couldn't turn off. Exchange that. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, you know, basically the, the fire department showed up. And, you know, by the time I got here, there wasn't a fire. It was just, you know, smoky, greasy, you know, just too much smoke. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, cooking dinner. And, and you know, of course, they demanded to come in and look at the place. And I let them. But it just, I didn't like it, you know, because I know what they were doing. They were looking around to see. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, they were trying to look in every room to see if I had a grow or something like it. You know, I, I don't think that they were doing that because they knew who I was. I just think that's what they do now. And it just kind of, they're looking, they're like, even the fire department are at, like cops. You know what I mean? So anyone from the town that comes into your house, who wants the town in your house? That's just nobody crazy. does. Yeah. Nobody does. And especially the patient. The patient, you know, to do that to someone who's got MS or cancer. Yeah, I'm not cool with it either, Mike, but you got to admit that that kind of a thing would be far less intrusive than all the other bullshit they want to give up. You know, I don't think it should be any more, it should be a simple thing as, okay, you need to grow, uh, here's your permit, you know, and we're not worried about the hundred bucks that they want to charge either. You're on financial hardship, but they want to charge you a hundred bucks a year to grow. That too. That's just, that that makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. No, it doesn't. No, one of the, on the hardship cultivation, as you know, there's only three qualifiers, and two of those three qualifiers are going to eventually disappear because distance to a dispensary is eventually not going to be a factor anymore. So, what are the other What are the other qualifiers? Uh, financial is one of them. Geographic location. Um, I can't remember the uh, financial is going to be there for a little while. <laughs> it will. Financial, yeah. financial won't go away, but access to dispensaries being a problem will. Yeah. <clears throat> but the three uh, qualifiers we have now will leave a lot of people falling through the cracks. Yeah. Let's think about your typical cancer patient going through a, an RSO regimen. They're using about a gram a day, right? How much can you buy at the dispensary right now? Half a gram? Right. Maybe a gram. Even aside from the cost, Mike, even aside from the cost, right? Yeah. Let's say you just hit the Powerball for $500 million. Right. Even no longer an issue. You're right. Now now your problem is is you've got to get to that dispensary every friggin' day. Exactly. And if you can only buy a half a gram at a time because of supply problems like we see... Yeah. Now you got to go twice a day, every day, and they're not open. You have to shop around. They're not open every day because sometimes they're not. They don't have it. You have to go to another dispensary. Yeah, other shortages. It, this is happening now with the vape situation. Unintended consequences. So the we're trying to add a qualifier. Uh, we're working with a couple of reps, and I'm talking to a senator about getting the House bill and the Senate bill together that would essentially allow 
and prescribing physicians, like when you go to renew your card and go to get your card in the first place, if that physician sees a medical need for you to have more of a supply than is available on the market, like you can't buy more than a gram a day or so at a time, then you get to grow for medical reasons and the state doesn't have anything to say about it. That makes um, sense. I like we're that. Seeing, we're seeing a little bit of support around that, and as that develops, I'm sure I'll let you know as soon as I have a bill number for it. So it's good that you might have a compromise, too. Even though I kind of poo-pooed it, you're right. It's better to have some kind of compromise than what they're originally proposing. So thank God you guys are working on this. Um, oh, it's a thing, Mike. I mean, sometimes you're going to give a little to get a little. And if, if, if nobody's happy in a compromise, then you know you did it right. I don't want any compromise at all. I, I really don't. I think it should be a matter of, you know, you've got the right to do this, here you go. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of libertarian that way. Keep the government out of my house. Especially with patients and medicine and cannabis. It's like, give me a break. Um, I yeah. want to ask you about more about caregivers because I've been telling everybody to go to Maine now because <laughs> I've been yeah. to Maine and I've experienced what it's like up there, the prices and the quality and the quality. It's just it's unreal, the difference. And it's because of the caregiver system. It's not because they have legal cannabis up there. They they do have legalization, but it's not the big dispensaries that are offering it up there. It's these caregivers. Now they all have caregiver shops, and they have thousands, like I think it's like 3,000 registered legal medical caregivers in the state of Maine, and they have craft products. It's unbelievable service. It's medical. It's the best medical in New England, and in Massachusetts, we outlawed caregivers. We we said you only can serve one patient, so there's no way that a caregiver can have any kind of business, and they can't even accept payment even from that one patient. They've yeah. outlawed the caregiver uh, business model in Massachusetts uh, for patients, for medicine. And I think we're suffering because of that, and I think that's why a lot of patients are, are discovering every day. I'm hearing from new patients, and they're finding out about it, and they're going up there, and they're so happy about Maine uh, and the caregivers. Is there any chance, push, anything ever happening about caregivers in Massachusetts? I am aware of some measures that would allow a caregiver to deal with it more than one person, but not under any kind of business model. It would be the same kind of rules. You would just be able to help more than one person. Yeah. So you might That's be able to grow for more than one person and that kind of thing, but you know, then you get into issues with plant counts, and so it's and, a little... And getting reimbursed, I mean, this is the problem. This this will, I mean, it sounds better than what we have, but it's still problematic because this is the type of thing that creates corruption. <laughs> because yeah. there will be people that will sell it. There will be people that, it's like, let's just make sales legal. Let's make it so that people don't have to break the law. I mean, even good people will say, you know, I'm spending $500 a month on the cost of this thing. I at least have to get that back because I can't afford it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, so, I mean, my ultimate bill would be to allow anybody that's growing at home to sell into the legal system like yeah. they do in other states. That's I right. haven't been able to get enough support around it to actually yeah. have a bill written. Or, right. yeah. or even open up their own shops like they do in Maine. It's unbelievable. It's so great up in Maine. Uh, My dad's got Maine up there, and, and he knows some people, and they just do bang up there, helping a lot of people. 
uh, they're feeding the families, doing it, and that's the way it should be. They, I it's amazing. It's amazing. It's local people, too. That's the thing. It's not big cannabis. They've kept big cannabis out this way, too. It's yeah. amazing. They're winning. They're beating those. They're actually in Maine. They don't have uh, an illicit market up there, and they don't have – they do have some big cannabis, but big cannabis doesn't control the market. It's these caregivers who are locals that control the market up there. It's amazing. That's the way it should be. The way it should be. Yeah. So uh, – we, we we also want to talk about tomorrow. Tomorrow, I believe, there's a big hearing uh, at the state yeah. house where all these cannabis bills, not every single one, but quite a few of them are going to be up for debate. Uh, people could testify on them. A lot of them are, you know, what we're going to label this, uh, you know, podcast tonight, Prohibition 2.0. Chauncey just put his little video out there, Chauncey Spencer. I'm even using his artwork because it's just uh, exactly what it is. Prohibition 2.0, so many of these bills uh, just trying to strip away our rights little by little by little, more fires, more just crap. What what are you yeah. going in? What are you telling people to vote for and vote against tomorrow? I That's want people to vote. There's one bill, I think it's 3515, I could be wrong on the number, but it would allow for home growers to rent a space somewhere to grow which I think is something everybody needs to vote for and should be cheer about. You live in subsidized housing or you're renting a place where your landlord won't let you grow or you've got small children in the house and you don't want to grow at home for whatever reason. Now you'd be able to go and rent a place to do that securely and safely. You know, nobody, no rippers are going to come and take your stuff because it's in a secure facility and you can do whatever you need to do in there. What bill, what bill is that? What bill number is that? I think it's House Bill 3515. That is the bill I am so on in supporting. You know why? I can't grow because of that very reason, Peter. You know, yeah. I live in a condo, um, and, you know, we have agreements and, you know, with the condo association, and they haven't gone hard line on me, but if, if I went that way and just didn't tell them and they found out, then they'd go hard, line. I don't want them to. So I've just basically not done that, and we're not going to do that here. Um, so even though I'd love to, but this would be awesome. I would love to rent this plot and grow some for myself. It would be the most amazing hobby ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good that would be awesome. Husband, you know? Hey, it's a, good, it's a brand new business model for a lot of people, too. I mean, yeah, you could really? go... You could go rent or build a simple warehouse somewhere, break it up into rooms like a storage unit, you know, you could build it exactly like a storage facility, just with bigger rooms. You know, you need slightly bigger rooms to grow six or twelve plants. You know, but it's a it's a great opportunity for home growers and for folks looking for something different to do. I would love to see that bill passed. All right, what other bills are you supporting or, or totally against? Um, that's really the only one I'm kind of supporting. Uh, one of the ones that I dislike the most, I think, is the next sequential number of 3516, and that would put a tax on medical marijuana. We do not tax medicine in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. It's just ungoddamned American. And I can't believe that bill was even written as much as State House loves patients. They hate us up here. I'm really getting tired of it. This is ridiculous. Who wants to tax and how much? 
six and a quarter percent. Oh my God! And, and so they want to tax us uh, for medicine, and you know, as, as the prices have not come down, and the prices are still ridiculously high, they've done nothing. It'd be one thing if they had, you know, saved patients some money over the last few years, and it's you know, but instead the prices are ridiculous. They've done nothing, and now they want to add a tax to medical cannabis. Um, yeah. I'm I'm just disgusted in this. Whose bill is this? You know who's supporting this bill? Who co-sponsored it? That's beginning a circular tire. I think we might have to do a friggin' picket. I swear to God, this is like outrageous. I don't think people. I haven't heard anyone talking about this. Is, is the FDA up in arms? They must not like this, right? Oh yeah, they're not happy about the tax on medical at all. Yeah, you know how they are. Anytime yeah. medical gets screwed with, they go mental. Yeah, that's just crazy. How do you tax medical patients? Well, they're looking for a way. Where the heck is it? And there were also some other, I mean, there was other ones about open container, and I think that if they're trying to further their, their OUI commission where they, they start looking at per se limits, this, you know, they're really trying to... to come back at patients and, and basically recriminalize, throw people in jail again for cannabis, aren't they? If they can help us. There's yeah. still a lot of prohibitionists up there. I have this link. Where the hell is it? Oh, don't worry about it. We'll, 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 our people will look it up. We'll look it up later. Uh, I had a page and I lost it. I That's all right. That happens. That always happens when you go live. That happens to me every time. That's why I don't even have my computer on right now. Because <laughs> I get distracted, it's just, it's just going to happen, especially my computer. I need to get a new computer. That's one thing I know. <laughs> I can't even bring up Facebook on my computer anymore. That's how bad it is. Uh, oh, that's that's the good thing, though. That's a plus on a computer. <laughs> you get more than There's two open container laws. Yeah, two open container um, laws, which we already have an open container law. So they're yeah. just basically trying to even make it worse and make it criminal, I think, too. We know what's going to happen. Sooner or later, somebody's going to challenge the open container law under the premise that an unlit joint is akin to an unopened can of beer. If that joint has been burned, it's equivalent to an open can of beer. I can take a can of beer and leave it on my passenger seat or even hold it in my hand, and it's not a violation of the law as long as it's not open. Why should an unlit joint be called an open container? Just so why should, a bag, why should a bag of flour be called an open container? Yeah. Why should concentrates be an open container? When those things are actually being used while you're driving or have been burned, like you can't tell if somebody's used concentrate. But I can certainly tell whether or not a joint's been lit. Exactly. Even a cop yeah. can tell the difference between a lit and an unjustified. Well, you know, you pull me over, I tap it out, and I'm dumb enough to leave it in my ashtray, then now you can get me for an open container. Yeah, I know. Or right. if you see me throw it out the window and you pick it up off the road, now you can get me for an open container. Right. Yeah. But don't catch me with a joint in my cigarette pack and then tell yeah. me I have an open container. One, one that I forgot to put in the trunk. I mean, it's so stupid that I have to put... I'm so paranoid about it, man. I, even if all I have is a joint, I put it in my way back. I don't even have a trunk because I drive a CIV. Yeah. 
Sure. Yeah. Even then, I'm worried about it. They already have an open container, and they want to uh, add on to it, make it even worse. <laughs> and they also yeah. want to add OUI. They want to add a per se limit. They want to add testing. Their, their study staff feels about that as well, right? Yep. They want to um, extend the work of the task force they put together. They want to do that eradication tax force thing to crack down on the illicit market, too. Which is right Hannah Kane. Yeah, yeah Hannah Kane wrote the OUI one, too. Yeah. yeah. Hannah Kane. Hannah Kane. Hey, she's, she's got a bunch of bills. She's a state rep. Uh, she's she's crazy, Hannah Kane. I'm calling her. I don't care at this point. She's so reefer man. I oh, I know. She, she doesn't respond to us on Twitter, so I'm calling her. You should have seen the look on her face. A couple of years back when I got them to go out in the home grow, she's one of the people I got to go out to see a home grow. She was so disappointed. She was asking all kinds of questions, trying to find something bad about it, and she couldn't. Yep. There you go. And she's, she's always with the cops. And this is what that whole driving commission is. It's run by the cops. It's run by Chief Carmichael, who you mentioned, and some other cops. Even, even people who aren't, you know, what we'll call cops, like real cops, like Chief Carmichael are, I call them all cops because even, you know, AAA and all these other folks, except for, like, you know, Matt Allen, except for the ones that vote with Matt Allen, the rest of them all act like a bunch of cops. They yeah. really do. And it's just the law enforcement lobby deciding for us without science, you know. just It's crazy. We wrote a story about that a little while ago. And then the whole group basically the same story about two months ago. So, <laughs> yeah, they talked to the same people I had back here. It's funny. I, I think, well, yeah. As we, we both know, it's a small pond. It is. We wrote the story about six months before, though. But more people saw it in the globe. <laughs> yeah. Just the way it goes. But uh, that's what we're for. We're about reporting things early and getting people on board early uh, so that the Globe can report it later. <laughs> but the Globe actually has been reporting a lot of stuff breaking, so I'm not going to bad, bad mouth the Globe. I'm not, I'm not cracking on the Globe because I've noticed them breaking a lot of news lately, especially the last couple of weeks, and that's where we're transitioning to, which is yeah. I want to talk about the vapes because this vape issue, Charlie Baker, I've been calling him out for a number of years, and, and people were all happy about him on the host community agreements, possibly supporting us. And I'm just like, this guy is not, he's not with us. He'll never be with us. He's just, you know, some things he'll help us on once in a while, but this is a person. Charlie. Yeah, he's so bad. He's a reefer mad Charlie Baker, banned Bates in Massachusetts for four months, temporarily suspending them for cannabis and THC. Uh, I caught one of his DPH hacks speaking, talking a bunch of shit on Facebook, really, uh, saying that it was about Jewel and saying they had all these information. And it's all BS because it truthfully, everywhere in the media, everyone has, has you know, that have tested these products, it's these illicit cannabis THC vapes that aren't regulated. They're not from dispensaries. They're not from caregivers in Maine. They're from the street. They're from people who are pulling hustles, throwing all kinds of crap in them, and that's what's gotten people sick. And Charlie Baker, yep. by putting this ban, has pushed people to go use those instead of what's regulated. Uh, instead, of the, instead of the lab-tested product in Massachusetts dispensaries that is tested to the highest standards in the entire country, those need to be banned. 
Let's go back to the illicit mafia where things are nice and safe. That's right. And I'm advising yeah. anyone who uh, really needs, if you need nicotine, if you if you need uh, the vape, and you don't want to go back to smoking, which because I have seen people going back to smoking, uh, you can still get them definitely in the state of New Hampshire and in Maine, I believe, uh, as well. Uh, yeah, Maine, New Hampshire and Maine, you can definitely still get them. So you can drive up there. And in Maine, patients, you can still get vapes up in Maine. And there have been no deaths up in Maine, surprised, but not so surprised. And you know why? You know why? Because they don't have the illicit cannabis vapes up in Maine. People aren't buying that crap because they can go to one of the 3,000 caregivers. That's why Maine has something any, good and clean. Yeah. Yeah, that's why Maine hasn't any, any deaths from vapes like, Ma- uh, like Massachusetts apparently has, apparently, or I'm not sure deaths, but they've had incidents. Massachusetts is on the list, the CDC list, and Maine wasn't. Uh, this is why, because even though Massachusetts has legal cannabis in a medical program, it's still too expensive. It's the it's still the access is lacking. The craft product isn't there. They don't have the market like Maine does. Yeah, it costs more than twice as much on the legit market as it does in the underground. Right, and in Maine, it costs the same and on the legit market. So you know you get great product. It's unbelievable. Uh, let me ask you because this vape thing we've been going on for the last couple of minutes. You have announced something? Are you doing a protest? What's going on here? Yeah, we're going to go up to the State House this Friday at noon. We're going to have a little rally out front to talk about why we're there, which is basically the uh, medical vapes and medical patients are now at odds with each other. Uh, medical patients are being denied their medicine. Products that are lab tested to the highest standards in the country are being banned. Things like the Pax, which is a raw flower vape. It doesn't even use any fluid. You're putting raw flower into it like a pipe. It's banned. Things like live resin and distillate vaping are banned. I thought the problem was with the fluids, you know. So we're going up there to say, look, their unilateral ban was an overreaction and you need to let the highly tested, lab-certified medical supply back into the market before somebody gets hurt using underground, God knows what, vape cartridges. And when we get done out front, we're going to march inside, and we're going to sit in his lobby, and we're going to wait for him to come out and explain this to us. We're going to play a good old-fashioned 1960s sit-in. This is Friday. In Boston, Friday in Boston at the State House at noon. We'll be filing in by one o'clock, so if you're a little bit late, you'll be all right. Oh, I wish I could be there. Damn! If you're there, if you're there after like four or five, I'm gonna. If you're still sitting there, I'll come down then. I encourage everyone. Everyone. Good news. Yeah, I think there'll be uh, quite a few people hopefully on Friday. This is at noon. The state at noon. The more tie dye, the better. And if you've got any medical vape left, bring it. I will not encourage anybody to do that in the state house because I really don't want to see anybody get dragged out. But we can still blow smoke clouds and pretend to be dragons out front. Perfect. And that's uh, on Friday, this Friday. And you have a Facebook event for it as well, right? I do. Yeah, I try to blast it out everywhere. Where where can people find that? Is it like a name board or is it a, a mass grower advocacy council? 
Facebook page or your own? It's under my own page. I, I found that when I put it on the Masquerora page, I get different response. Yeah, you get it's funny. Facebook actually gives you more of a response than your own. Facebook than sometimes the pages because they want to charge you. It's a racket. <laughs> yeah, and I, I've got almost the same number of friends in my friends list as there are people that regularly follow that page. So yeah, uh, some, sometimes there's more. Like we usually get ten or fifteen thousand unique hits on that page in a week. But one there was one meme that I found that gave us a million hits over the course of three days. Yeah, that's <clears> Facebook <throat> for you. That's, that is crazy. That, that's Facebook in a nutshell. When you need it, they're not there. When it's a meme, they'll give you a million. <laughs> the, the meme was Bernie Sanders with an angry face pointing both hands out, and it said, no American should have to work 40 hours a week to go home and have to smoke mids. And I couldn't believe that got so many hits. Sometimes oh, I mean, yeah. it's a lot of hits, but yeah, that one was a lot more than I even used to seeing. Yeah, it's always interesting what goes viral and how it goes viral. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, so our, our basic complaint to the government is our basic complaint to the government is that you're, you're punishing patients so out of a knee-jerk fear reaction. Use a little bit of science and common sense, and have some faith and the most stringent testing standards in the entire country, dare I say, North America. And, you know, trust our scientists aren't letting medical patients consume something that's bad for them. Have you been hearing from patients? Because I have. And, you know, I've been sending a lot yeah. of them up to Maine. Um, what do you have been hearing? What have they been saying about this ban? This isn't fair. This isn't fair, and where can I get something? Are you telling them to go to Maine? Yeah, I tell them to go check out Maine. Of course, that doesn't help my friends out in Western Massachusetts because it's not a hell of a ride for them. But yep, it uh, doesn't help our uh, you know you a traffic situation either, Charlie Baker. I mean, it's insane that we're sending people to New Hampshire and Maine for these products on already congested roads, and asking them to break federal law by bringing them across state line. Right. And putting out as advocates in uncomfortable situations because I don't like to tell people to break federal law, but what am I going to do? Watch my friends die again? Exactly, exactly. Sometimes a little civil disobedience is called for. Even I'm up for that once in a while. And you know how stringent I like to play by the rules. Yep, me too. Well, thank you, Peter, so much for talking to us all about this. Um, you, the, again, the executive director, Peter Bernard, executive director with Mass Growers Advocacy Council. And thank you, Mike. appreciate the time. And also, you know, a lot of people just refer to you guys as Mass Growers, right? Yeah, Mass Growers or MGAC. MGAC. And now yeah. you have a Facebook page. Where else are you at? Uh, we're also at massgrower.org. Uh, we've got we've got a mass grower Twitter, but I only use that when I'm trying to annoy politicians, like today. Perfect. The, who who are you annoying today? Oh, uh, we're spoken Charlie Baker today. I was going to guess that. I'll probably poke I'll probably poke at him a few more times before the week is out. 
I think you should pick some memes with that because what I found has been very popular with Charlie Baker on Twitter and on Facebook. Memes with yeah. Charlie Baker drinking beer, and you know while while you know being against cannabis. I call him Chugging Charlie. Yeah, he's got all those pictures online of him posing for you know while drinking a beer. He's like the beer poser, professional yeah. beer poser, Charlie Baker. Looking to promote and advertise your brand, product, your cannabis business, or even a political campaign locally in Massachusetts? Consider the Young Jerks. We have a weekly live streaming show and a podcast that reaches thousands of people every single week in Massachusetts. And a lot of them are the top tastemakers and policy makers in cannabis in Massachusetts from CEOs to bud tenders to politicians, to elected leaders. That's our audience. If you're looking to reach that audience, Michael C underscore 100 at hotmail.com.